What is up, Instagram Live? Frank Delella coming to you from my apartment in New York City, and I am very excited for this version or this edition of New York One's onstage matinee. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Jennifer Nettles, the singer sensation. We're just waiting for Jennifer to join so we can talk all about her new album, which is very exciting. It's Broadway themed, and I just was listening to, um, she did a rendition of Oh, What a Beautiful Morning from Oklahoma with the Broadway Inspirational Voices, and it's pretty amazing. You can hear it now on, uh, on YouTube. Oh, Jennifer has joined the conversation. What is up, Jennifer? Here we go. There you are. Perfect. Hi. How are you? I am well. How are you? Great. Congratulations on the new album. Thank you. I am super excited about it and it is a ton of fun. Okay, so um, it comes out on Friday, right? The 25th, yes. I was listening to your rendition right before you got on. I was telling the folks watching. I just heard your version of Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. Yes. Just so stunning. And Thank you. you you got to do that with Broadway Inspirational Voices. Yes, and I saw on your Insta that, uh, I, I don't know if you were there, but I saw you post from this past weekend at Little Island. Wasn't it incredible, Jen? It was incredible. It felt like, look, I mean, I think as we're all re-emerging into this world, you know, the new world, a brave new world, um, I, I, it just, it felt so beautiful and so poignant and so symbolic and yeah. so joyous. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, w I, was, I was crying nonstop. Now, when I was there, um, I, you must have done it on the Saturday night because I was there on Sunday night and yes. I missed you. So, yes, I, I mean, I, when I saw that you performed with them, I was, I have to say, I was a little jealous that I did not go to the Saturday night performance. Yes, but. it was, it was so beautiful. I mean, it was raining, but you know, for me, it was my first time performing live in front of real live humans since before <laughs> the pandemic. So well over a year. Oh, wow. But so it was, uh, it was very special for me for that to be my first performance back out in the world. And we have so much to talk about because you are like, you are a Broadway baby, but you're also a Broadway baby at heart as well. Like you, you and uh, we'll, we'll get into your album in a second, but how did you find Broadway inspirational voices? Because this isn't your first time like working with them, if I'm not mistaken. No, well, well, I found them actually, Alex introduced me to them. Alex Lackamore. Alex Lackamore, who is my um, creative collaborator on arrangements and producing this album. You might have heard of him. He's kind of a big deal. Hamilton, um, Evan Hansen, just small yes. stuff. Yeah, just, you know, a few things. Um, I, he introduced me to them. I was working on a demo. I was, I was working on a song for that he worked with me on for a possible soundtrack, a song that I had written. And I said, you know, I want a choir on this. And he said, okay, let's reach out to the BF excuse me, to the BIV. And I was like, okay, great. So he introduced me then to Michael McElroy, 
who is just a doll of a human and, and uh, you know, who started Broadway Inspirational Voices. And I loved what he did. And so when we were doing this album, there were a couple of songs that are on the album, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning and Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat, that, that felt like a choir would be a beautiful addition to the song. And so we wanted to reach out to them again to be a part of it. And Michael then arranged all the choir parts for those two songs. It's incredible. So let's, so the album comes out on Friday. Yes. You, you mentioned Sit Down and Rock the Boat from Guys and Dolls. Oh, what a beautiful morning from Oklahoma. What else can we expect from the album? What other tracks are there? So, I mean, you can expect a variety because it was important to us to represent not only the classics in this absolute embarrassment of riches in terms of the American songbook and, and this legacy that is, that is musical theater, um, but, but also to include some contemporary pieces as well. From You'll hear uh, Wait For It from, from Hamilton. You'll hear You Will Be Found from Jerry Evan Hansen. You will hear It All Fades Away. That is a, a collaboration on the album. Um, obviously from Bridges of Madison County, Jason Robert Brown represent, I love him. Um, and uh, Brandy Carlisle sings with me on that track on the record. Incredible. Super powerful performance. Um, what else will you hear? You'll hear, wouldn't it be loverly? You'll hear some Barnum, there's a sucker born every minute as a little palate cleanser levity. Um, you will hear, it's almost like being in love. You'll hear tomorrow, you'll hear Sondheim, anyone can whistle. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a look, and but we could go on and on, couldn't we? Je I mean, Jennifer, you know your stuff when it comes to musical theater. Like, let's just put that out there. You know your stuff. When were you first introduced to the theater? When did you fall in love with it? So I was first introduced to the theater. I, my, the first album that I ever owned was from my mom, Santa Claus, one or the other. I can't remember who. Um, but it was to Little Orphan Annie. And so like many girls of my generation, I screamed along. <laughs> absolutely screamed along to the whole thing. Um, but it really struck me at that time because as a little girl, you know, that, that whole show was little girls, not only Annie, but all the orphans, even the villain, Miss Hannigan, like all orphans. So, I, I mean, all girls. So I loved that. But then beyond that, like most of us in the performing arts world, regardless of where we fall within it, we all found our way to the beautiful community that is musical theater within our lives. So all through school, high school, college, um, I was a part of the musical theater community in terms of school, in terms of regional community theater, you know, all the fun things. Did Barnum, did Greek, did Oliver, did, I mean, like all the ones that you would do growing up, of course, um, and, and fell in love with that community, always held that fire in my heart. And I even, Frank, had a time where you know, when I was in college, towards the end of college, I was like, okay, am I going to pursue theater exclusively or music exclusively? And I went to college in Atlanta and had had at the time been playing out some of my original stuff in clubs. So I had some traction around that scene there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go in this direction because I have some momentum here for, for music specifically. But I always kept that flame in my heart for musical theater and have been wanting to make this album for years. It's amazing. It's amazing. And we finally got you on Broadway a couple of years ago. I believe it was 2015 when you got to take on Roxy Hart in Chicago. Yes. What was that experience like for you? You know, take me to the night of making your Broadway debut. 
<laughs> well, first of all, I can honestly say I barely remember it because I was terrified. I mean, it's one of those things like, you, you know, we, we talk about and you've heard the cliche like being shot out of a cannon. It, there really is an absolute moment in your brain of total adrenaline wash where it's, um, you know, you, you are really in an, another worldly place. It's, it's another place of your brain. I, I, I think probably for everyone on their first night, no matter how many productions they have been in. Um, so for me, it was surreal almost in a way, almost out of body that first night. I think more of the fun then came as I was able to then settle in to the show and, and really expand then into the role beyond just like grabbing on white knuckled for dear life. I'm like, okay, we made it through, you know, the first night. But I loved that experience and I was so blessed to have been able to re-enter then the world of theater and musical theater at that level on Broadway. You know, mm. it's only through my successes as a musician that I was able to do that because who gets, it's the head of the head of the band. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, Chicago's one of the shows, it's, it's reopening on a night when we're gonna get Hamilton, Lion King, Wicked, all back at once. I can't wait to go back to that show because, you know, that is just a celebration of the musical theater. It's a perfect show in my mind. It's that classic. score is impeccable. The score uh, is impeccable. Uh, everything about it, the reason why it has been around for so long, you know, it is like the, the oldest it, it, that it has still been on the stage for the longest in terms yeah. of American musical theater. It, it's, it, it's just so well Done. It is one of the most per perfect representations of itself. Everything about it feels intentional. Everything tonally works and matches. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's it really is a great show. How long? How long did they uh, give you to learn the show? Because normally, it's so explain the process for those watching. Because it is, it is like being shot out of cannon. How long did you have to learn the show? For sure, I think we did it, but like three weeks, maybe three or four weeks. I mean, I was, I felt super lucky even to be able to have that time because while I have experience in, in acting and in theater and in music, the dancing, and it's a Fosse show for God's sake, like the <laughs> dancing is the thing, you know? So I, I really appreciated the time that they took with me on that because why I, while I love movement and dancing and consider myself to be a dancer, I say that like totally with a wink. Um, I'm you kill it. You I'm kill it. But I, yes. but, I mean, but what a treat to be able to then incorporate that vocabulary into one's body. Yeah. Oh my God, so good, so good. And and did you have, how many put-ins? One or two or just one and then you were on that night? Yeah, two and let's go. I mean, that's, that's, it's, I mean, that's Broadway for you. That's it, <laughs> that's it. That's, but you know what? That's why only the best do it. Yeah, it's true. Show up, know it do it, like be able to be able to perform, no pun intended, like be able to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, there's there's nothing like a Broadway performer. I mean, these guys are at the top of their craft. Huh. Um, what's your dream show? What do you like? Obviously, you know, the musical theater canon. What's your dream show and dream role? You know, I have to say always for me and, th and there are a couple I could go back to the classics that I grew up on. But honestly, I really became reignited when Wicked came onto the scene because it was a story of two women. And how rare is that in terms of, of really 
all of uh, not just theater and musical theater, but but TV, film. I mean, it, it, it's it is rare to be able to 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 have had that, especially at the time. I mean, yes, you know, when you think of the classics, yes, there were women in them, but with the exception of of you know, Gypsy, obviously, Hello Dolly. There there are some, but this was special and different. Yeah. Um. So I loved that and always thought about that. Like it, it's something that has come across my plate. Um, but just has never worked in terms of scheduling because as you well know, like, I mean, there's such a franchise and they're like, if you don't do this for at least, you know, six months to a year, then forget about it. And I'm yeah. just like, well, I don't really, I, I, you know, I can't <laughs> do that for this, but I could do it for, you know, so it's, uh, it's definitely a good one. I loved and was so happy that my phone rang for waitress and we were never able to make that work. Sarah is a dear friend of mine and, and the music that she made for that show, I feel so connected to mm. and saw it numerous times. I mean, I saw it at its opening and was there to support her, but I saw it numerous times otherwise and took family and friends. I loved that show too. You know, I really did. But for me, I think what right now has become the dream, Frank, is is I'm writing a musical now. I heard. So so wait. So let's talk about that. Tell us all about it. Where are you in the process? Okay. When are we going to see? Are you in it or are you just writing it? Yeah. Well, the the plan is. I mean, I'm not going to let it pass me by. To 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 you know. I, I mean, unless it just takes forever and then I'm a hundred years old. But <laughs> the 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 plan is. Yeah. For me, at least, I, I I definitely that that's the plan. The first plan. Um, all that is to say, it is the story of a woman named Julia Tofana. She was a 17th century Italian slow poisoner. Hmm. Um, uh, real. She she was a real human who lived. But what excites me about she she basically helped women kill their husbands. Um, so it's a fun very one. Chicago. Right. Very Chicago. Very Chicago. All inspiration from everywhere. Right. So it what I love about it, though, is it is it's one of what I call the hidden half of history. It's a story from the hidden half of history. Mm -hmm. And we have so many stories where, you know, men are celebrated for their their bloodlust and and, you know, the, the things that they do, the atrocities that, that, that they that they you know, make in the name of freedom. Well, there have been women throughout history, and, and we all know that history is told through the very limited lens mm -hmm. of, of what we call the conquerors, which is usually white colonialist male. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to be able to to celebrate these stories that are out there that just haven't been told, how would society be different in terms of sexism, in terms of, of racial and social justice, in terms of, of the LGBTQ community and, and how we welcome and embrace them. Like, how would the world be different if we knew some of these other stories? Yeah. So to get to celebrate this one of a woman who, like many of them, I'm sure, were not super happy with being considered property mm. <laughs> at the time. Um, and, and sometimes still in the world, even now, you know, uh, over the world, that, that is still the case. But it is, um, she's a liberator for women, you know, at the time. And, and I'm curious about those stories. It, how far along are you in terms of the process? Like, is this something that, you know, you're looking to workshop soon? Is broad, is Broadway the goal? Is it 
TV yes. musical, t I, I, I need to know everything. Yes, Broadway is the goal. And right now, I, I'm really expanding into looking for the right book writer because I've done a ton of writing on this, especially this year. I found myself with a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> um, and, and, and also the desire to really express myself. And this was a world into which I could escape. And it's much more fun to explore the anxieties and life or death situations of someone else than it is to explore your own and the <laughs> world around you. So I really dove into this story over the pandemic and wrote the bulk of the music for it That's during good. time. Um, so right now we're exploring, looking for, you know, the, the right book writer then for, for where the story has been taken musically, which is fun because a lot of times, you know, people will, it's a different way. It's a different way in. It's a different process. Cause a lot of times people will say, here is the book. Now let's song spot. Boom, right. Boom, boom. Right. No, for me as a musician, it, it, it has been really thrilling to approach this story from the music and mm. say, here is, here is the music that is inspiring the rest of the pieces. I love it. I will. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Sarah and Waitress. Rumor has a Waitress is coming back to Broadway. I mean, do you think that could be something where we get you in? You know, I would love, I would love to see if I you, could Jenna. Do, you know, like, it, like, cause I have so much going on right now. If I could like get in and get out in a right amount of time, I would love that because like I said, my phone has, has rung a couple of times for that. And I was never able to make it work within my own schedule at the time and really lamented when it closed, uh, not having been able to do that. So, so yeah, if it is coming back, I'm curious, I should reach out and, and give, give an ask. To let I'm sure know. they would love to have you. Um, yeah. uh, I, have, I have so many questions for you. Um, June obviously marks Pride Month. You have been an incredible ambassador and advocate for the LGBTQIA plus community. Okay. I've seen your speeches. Um, you just, you know, you, you, are, you are a leader and you are a gift to all of us, uh, Jennifer. How are you celebrating Pride? I mean, in, in a number of ways. First of all, I really feel like for me, the timing of this record is exciting because we all know the beauty of the handholding that the LGBTQ plus community and musical theater, like that relationship is so beautiful mm -hmm. um, and so rich and so historic. So I'm excited for this, this album to sort of wave the flag as the drum major for all of that, both the reopening of Broadway for Pride Month. I felt like it was a beautiful celebration in terms mm. of the music itself. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of in general, and also to being super excited then to be able to celebrate this album with so many LGBTQ plus publications right now the the cover of get out magazine frank if you haven't seen it like here's the deal i people have asked me before when did you think that you arrived in you know like you really arrived as a musician and at, you know and as an entertainer and i was like you know i used to say sesame street until i saw this cover last week and when i saw it i was just like you know what, my name, the placement of my name on the cover of this magazine is so strategically placed within this beautiful glistening specimen of a male body that I was just like, you know what, <laughs> this, this might be it. This, this might have trumped Sesame Street at this point.
I love it. I love it. Um, I also saw on your Instagram, I was doing a little Instagram stalking earlier, and that you just saw the In the Heights film. Um, yes. Oh, wait, wait, before I say In the Heights, I do want to say too, I'm going to be doing, in terms of pride, I'm going to be doing um, a, a, like a celebratory performance with Rolling Stone um, coming up on, what's today, on Friday. I'm doing that on Friday. It's going to be on Twitch, this platform, the platform Twitch, you know. So with Rolling Stone, they're doing a whole big celebration. So I'm going to be on that. So be on the lookout. I'll I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check yes. it out. Yes. Um, In the house. I need, I need to hear everything. What were your thoughts? Obviously, you loved it. Um, favorite moment? Uh, just give it to me. Loved it. I mean, you know, I, I, what I also appreciated was the way, well, first of all, let's talk about the cameos. Okay. I mean, obviously, Lynn Manuel showing up, you know, as the Piraguas, you know, character, Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson. I mean, I was just like, oh my God. I just, I loved all of those nods. I thought that was amazing. Um, I think for me, you know, I also appreciated the ways that they expanded the story from the stage to the screen. You know, they added in like all of those pieces, for example, about the, the, the dreamers, dreamers, protests. You know, I thought that was really, really not only wise and heart-filled, but very tastefully done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought that was great. I mean, and then the pool scene. I, I br that was my favorite number. I was How like- How brilliant. How brilliant. I'm like, well, we're like, we're like in Busby Berkeley land. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms totally. of like pool and all the, all the synchronized choreography. It was incredible. It was, it was, you know, like that, that, that's what sealed the deal for me. You know, yeah. I just, you know, Lynn, I've been the biggest fan of Lynn's for, for, you know, ever since the Saul Heights, you know, way back when, but he, what he's done in the world he's created um, and the messages he's got out there through his work and art, I just, you know, I bow down. I bow yeah. down. And I love that you, I love that you um you you give a little nod to Lynn on your album with Oh yes, um, wait for it. A Hamilton moment, yeah. yeah. I mean, how could we not? Right. And so cool too though because, you know, I love that Alex was was game to go there because oftentimes, you know, if something is so close to you, yeah. And obviously him being, uh, of course you did you you made the quintessential arrangement when you arranged the original. <laughs> Okay, so how how do you top that or how do you approach that in a way that is open? And he was so open to rearranging it. And I think it's one of the standouts on the record, just in terms of its freshness. All right, Jennifer, so when are you touring um, this album in concert form? And is Broadway even a possibility in terms of bringing the concert to mm. New York? I would love that. If we could bring it to Broadway, I would absolutely love that. Right now we're in those conversations on how I'm going to tour it, hopefully by probably the last quarter of this year. Right. I'm gonna do that. Um, the beautiful part is that this album is so richly and lushly orchestrated. It's gonna be a really fun puzzle to put together in how to tour it and get the the musicians there on stage and the local hires depending on you know what town I am in so it's going to take its own strategy to to be able to to celebrate the the richness of these orchestrations so we're talking right now about when and where and how we can do that and make that well, happen. well I hope you come to New York and I hope you come back to Broadway. Yes. Um, with that, in closing, you know, I've been doing this, these chats since um, the pandemic began. And every week, pretty much, we talk to a Broadway star. 
um, or someone in the industry and see how they're coping and, and you know, how they're getting through. Of course, this is going to be heard on iHeartRadio on their Broadway station as well. So if you're, for folks listening now, this is um, my conversation with the great Jennifer Nettles. But um, in closing, I want to ask you, what's the tiniest detail when it comes to the theater experience? Mm -hmm. Be it as a performer or even an audience member, you were looking forward to the most once mm. those lights go back on and those curtains rise again. I mean, for me, I am most looking forward to what I call the surrender. And when one walks into the theater and you sit down in the seat, you have an unspoken contract with the people on that stage. And what you say is, I will surrender to you in this moment to take me on an emotional journey and to be able to lose ourselves in those stories. Once more, I have chills to be able to surrender again in that very special way. I cannot wait for that moment to be taken on a journey, to be taken elsewhere, to be and to be inspired and to leave changed. Jennifer, I can't wait to see you back on the stage again. It was Thank such you. a pleasure chatting with you. Bye. And um, I will be listening to your album nonstop starting on Friday, so congrats again. Thank you very much. What a treat to speak with you. And hi, everybody out there. I see all your stuff coming up here. I, I love seeing it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> be well. Talk soon.